And all the Gospels give us these accounts of how the risen Jesus met with his people. And there was even communion that day. Luke 24 tells us about Jesus meeting two travelers on the road to Emmaus. And he had a fellowship with them and they recognized him in the breaking of bread. Here, Jesus brings them peace and sending out. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And he, after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Brent said that it's hard to send our children out. And I know, because his son and mine, you know, left out the same time, and we sent them out. And some of us, I, I have to confess, would love to just lock down with you all over again and never let you go. Uh, some of us want to lock ourselves down and keep you outside, okay? That, that happens too. But here's the more important thing. It's not about locking down anything. It's about sending you out. When we gather together, as wonderful as it is to get together and do the Lord's Supper, I mean, why don't we just do that every day of the week? Because at some point, we have to be turned out and sent out. Because this is what we do to go out and do his work. As the Father sent Jesus, we're sending you. I'm glad that we've decided to do this senior send-off at this time rather than right in the midst of graduation time. I know it's a change, and maybe it doesn't work for everybody, but you know what? In a few years, this will be the way we've always done it. And so it'll become a new tradition. But I think it makes sense, and I'll tell you why I think it makes sense. We break away from the pause of graduation where all we do is look back at what you've accomplished and now we really get to focus on, I wonder what the future will be like. And your future is going to be the same as us, your disciples who are sent out to glorify him. So as we gather around the Lord's Supper table, I want this to be a moment when we remember that it's this gathering in Jesus Christ that defines us. And then it's this sending out, whether we're just going home or whether we're going off to school for a little while, we're still connected by Jesus Christ. I want to give you a few little items to remember as we look ahead, and it has to do with a lot of the things that you've heard that we've been preaching here. I am speaking to the seniors. My focus is on you, but this really applies to all of us. So, you know, listen in. As you go out, seniors however else you want to apply this. I have a few quick items for you. Number one, I want you to find your lunch bunch or find your coffee crew or find your table. I don't know what it is. You know, in school, don't we always have that table? I remember my son, my oldest son, Wyatt, telling me a story that when he, when he changed schools, he wanted to get all of his friends together at one table in the cafeteria. But some of them said, well, this is our table and that's their table. I said, how'd that make you feel? He said, it made me feel sad. I wanted everybody at one table, all my friends. Well, you just find your table, okay? And you get those folks there. I, I had great benefit my first year. My first year of college, I lived at home. I commuted 30 minutes to college every day. 
But what connected me was the fact that I had a group of people who would meet with me 10.30, two days a week. They were my crew. And I felt connected. You need to find that as well. Don't wait for an invitation, make for an invitation, okay? Whatever it takes. But you find that group of people that you sit at table with and consider it an important thing. Number two, accept invitations to hospitality. Rick taught you something about hospitality just a few weeks ago, and, and, and it's consistent with what he's always been talking about. He taught all of us something about that. I'm happy to see that some of us have now picked up that lesson and we're extending hospitality. But, you know, you may feel like, I don't know that I can extend hospitality. Well, maybe not. There's a lot of reasons, but you can accept it. And accepting the hospitality is a part of it, and that's where good things come from. Once again, it was my second year of college. I'm so glad that Karen accepted my invitation to hospitality. Yeah, see, now, and it wasn't a date. It wasn't a date. The thing is, she was invited to, uh, uh, she was a new student, and so our campus ministry, we were interested in inviting the new students in. She had just transferred to the U of A, and she was supposed to meet my roommate for lunch. And <clears throat> he wasn't there, for which I am incredibly thankful to God that he wasn't there. I thank God for his forgetfulness because I happened to notice that. And I said, well, listen, you're in my town. I will provide lunch. I will be the hospitable host, but not here in the dorm. We will get, I said, what do you want? She said, pizza, you know, or I don't know. Did you say pizza? Or we just agreed on pizza. You were, oh, yeah, okay. So anyway, I said, you're in my town. The best pizza in this town is King Pizza Delivery. Once upon a time, there used to be a place in Northwest Arkansas called King Pizza. And uh, I said, what we, I, you know, I thought we'll deliver the pizza here. We'll deliver the pizza to the lawn. And she said, well, I've got an apartment. We'll go there. Now, some versions of the story, I invited myself over, okay? But I paid for the pizza, and I confirmed that this morning. Because it's my town, my pizza place. I'm going to pay for the pizza. And that was the beginning of our friendship. And I, you know, Is it a first date? I don't know. I think it's hospitality. But I'm just saying invitations to hospitality you never know where they'll go and it's not just you know between people who will become friends and then start dating and get married it might be the people that want to greet you in whatever town you're moving to it might be the people right here just be open to accepting those moments of hospitality we need that um i love it that um, um i think it's david gooden and his advice for the uh, for the seventh graders, it's like, just talk to people, you know. How can you get to know people if you don't talk to people? That's great wisdom. <laughs> and you need to accept invitations to hospitality as well. Now, here's another thing. I like this send-off that we're doing this Zoom, or I'm sorry, that we're doing this mentor thing. Uh, you know, this is a new thing, right, Rick? This 80-day mentor. I think this is a fantastic idea. You're going to see the members of this congregation serve as mentors for these ones that are sending out. And I'm going to challenge you, during that 80-day period, why don't you Zoom a meal with your mentor and a family? And, you know, we, we, we've learned how to Zoom. We've learned how to connect and FaceTime with everybody. But sometimes you just want to go back to texting because it's like, man, I'm doing something else right now, and so I just need to text. And then here comes that Zoom call or that FaceTime. You're like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to 
see these people. I don't want them to see me is usually what we say. So we text and say, I'm busy right now, can't Zoom. That usually means we're watching our favorite show. But I want you to set up a time that you have a meal. How many? Has everybody ever done that on Zoom yet? Oh, yeah, some of us have. Let's do it. Let's do it, okay? So you make that appointment. And in that way, we're learning again to connect with people over hospitality. And this is really important. Now, these last two are the most important ones. You need to seek out a local Lord's Supper table. You'll always have your place at the table here. And you will always be welcome back here. But just because you're away from here doesn't mean that you don't need to be at the Lord's Supper table. Because in Searcy or Oklahoma City or Conway or wherever it is in whatever state, we believe that the Lord's Supper table is here on the Lord's Day and we believe it's there on the Lord's Day. And we are connected to you. You've traveled. Many of you have traveled. You know that the Lord's Supper table in those other countries is still the same Lord's Supper table. And I'm going to say, I want you to seek that out, not just because you're going to get in trouble if you don't. That's not my message. My message is I want you to seek that out because you need it. They need you there. We need you there. And you need to be there. Find that community where you can truly participate. Some people say, well, I'm going to a Christian school, you know, and they do it. Listen, every Christian school is going to tell you we're a school, not the church. (laughs) And they're going to urge you. But if there's a community of believers that they come together on the Lord's Day for the supper, fine. You just find one. And I gave you that text number because I'll help you find a place. Rick knows people in these places. He'll help you find a place. Your mentors will help you find a place. We, we, We are all connected one way or another, but we're all connected at the Lord's Supper table. We're one family. Now, finally, the last thing I want to share with you is a question. Have you been baptized? I know that's pretty blunt, but it's worth asking. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to put some kind of fear in you. I actually feel a bit, what? Um, a shame that I have to ask that because part of me feels like, well, I ought to know that. I ought to know if you've been baptized or not. But the honest truth is, I don't, I don't know who's been baptized and who hasn't because uh, it's not really my job to keep score on that because I'm responsible for my baptism and you're responsible for yours. And even if I or anybody else is discouraging it, you should want to be baptized no matter what anybody says. Because Jesus Christ is the one who invites you to imitate him in baptism. Now, you've worked really hard to be prepared to go to college, go to work, uh, go to whatever it is that you're going to do next after high school. I mean, high school has prepared you for a future. At least they'll tell you that they did. Uh, you, some of you have worked so hard to be prepared for the ACT test, worked so hard to be prepared to move in to the dorm or an apartment. In fact, your parents are going to take you shopping and, oh, they're going to, you know, some of them are going to be so concerned that you've got this and you've got this and you've got this and we're going to work hard to prepare you. But the most important preparation that you or any of us will make is this preparation to be a part of the family of Christ, to be baptized into him. That not only prepares us for eternal life, but it prepares us 
for this life. Now, I'm putting that out there, and one of the reasons I gave you that text is, if your answer to have you been baptized is yes, then I'm here to encourage you to live that out. I'm here to encourage you to explore what that means. If your answer is no, I haven't, I'm not going to judge you. There's no shame there. I don't want to make you feel bad. But maybe you've got some questions. Maybe there's some things you want to think about. Maybe there's some people you want to talk to about that. I get that. I appreciate people who say, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I understand everything about that. That's fair. But I will tell you this. There's good teaching and wisdom that comes to us from Scripture and from the witness of Christians over years that I think can help you. And I'd like to be the first to share that with you. And if I can't, maybe your mentor can, maybe Rick can, maybe any of our shepherds here can. Just ask. And that's why I gave you that number. Now, we're coming to the Lord's Supper table. And at this Lord's Supper table, it's, it's, it's one of two things with baptism where we participate in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Baptism has in its meaning the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Lord's Supper has in its meaning the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ was sacrificed once for all. And now we enjoy the benefit of that, and we celebrate him. Before his crucifixion, Jesus had his disciples together. And he said these words that we're going to repeat. And it's not just that our minds go back to that moment, but right here in this moment. We partake of the bread knowing that this is his body. We partake of the the cup, knowing this is his blood, and knowing that this renews a covenant. We're following what Jesus taught us. Just like when we're baptized, we are baptized just like Jesus was. We need baptism. We need this supper. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, take it. This is my body. Would you pray with me? Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you showed us your great love by giving yourself for us so that relationship with you can be restored. So that relationship with one another can be restored. Father, we believe that Though your body was broken on the cross, your body, the body of Christ, is one and united as we come around this Lord's Supper table. Whatever city we're in, whatever country we're in, we are one. May it ever be so. And Father, be with us now as we reflect on this and as we take encouragement from sharing in the body of Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.